Welcome everybody to another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. And join us as we return to the podcast as we're back on Legend of Korra, Season 4, Episodes, what is it, 1 through 7, I think? The first, mm-hmm. just, just slightly over the halfway point of the final season of Legend of Korra. Um, yeah, this, okay, so I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and now that we're kind of in the final season i can finally discuss it um each season has a different villain with a different ideology right and toff actually i didn't realize this before my uh previous watches but this one at this time it did toff actually brought up exactly what the issue was in each of those villains was mm-hmm. that none of them had any balance in the first one it was about equality and equality is cool but Amon took it too far. Way too far, yep. Unalak was about spirituality and harmony. But his spirituality and harmony was the dark avatar, the dark spirit needs to be released. Right. And so if we had 10,000 years of Rava, we need 10,000 years of Vatu. Uh, which, that seems... That's just not, yeah. insanity. <laughs> um, that's not... <laughs> That one, so this is why that one actually just sticks out very awkwardly, right? Because right, I I I I just don't buy that anyone can seriously think, oh yeah, ten thousand years of spiritual harmony was cool, so let's have ten thousand years of spiritual disharmony. Like that doesn't make any sense. No. Um, like if they had just said, you know, he just did it because he wanted to be powerful and he wanted to rule the entire planet galaxy universe whatever it was then i would be like you know what that okay fine I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that because you know that's basically what the fire nation was right but for them to try to go down this like ideology line with unalak it just felt weird uh it felt like more push than it did yeah it didn't feel natural yeah it didn't feel natural at all with him so then we moved on to zaheer greatest villain of the avatar verse and mm-hmm. he was about freedom Right, but he took it way too far. His was, I believe in freedom and uh, you know, freedom from leaders. So, all of you who don't believe that, you, I'm gonna drag you down with me, right? He didn't it's give like anyone a the choice, right? It's just like, like everybody's sinking with the ship, not just the captain, right? And he wanted, um, the problem with him too was that, like, you know, he said. Harmony is disharmony, and we need to let go of our earthly tethers and whatnot. It's, and again, it was, Jump into the you void. can do that. Yeah, you can do that. But the right. rest of the humanity is not ready for that kind of commitment. Right. I mean, you can't just push them into that. Right? Like, I'm sure you know of, like, that teaching method, the sink or swim, right? If you want to teach yeah. somebody how to swim, sometimes you, sometimes you just throw them into the deep end. Right. And sometimes they're animal cells will kind of take over and then you know for the sake of survival we'll do some amazing things right but there's a reason you don't do that that. right yeah but there's a reason you don't do that with like three-year-olds because they will die (laughs) right and and even if you do you do it in a controlled environment where they're waiting wearing floaties you know and there's like a guy there ready to catch the kid and save the kid there's there there are safety nets there Zaheer did not believe in safety nets. He no, just it seemed like he just wanted to take it all off and go. Yeah, he burned off the safety nets, like, and then he just said, "Have at And we and we saw that right because as soon as he killed the queen, the Earth Queen, it descended into chaos like literally 
three seconds in. Right. It, as soon as it heard, Earth Queen is dead, Bossing say, the, you know, the walls are no more, he's just like, all right. The, the entire city is like just collapsing on itself. Right. Which directly, his um, actions directly led into the villain of the forces. And this is one of the things I actually really like about Avatar or uh, Legend of Korra. Other than the transition from season one to two, which again was mostly because they wanted Korra to be a one season show. There was no thought process of transitioning yeah. One, yeah one from one season one's villain to season two so if you look at season two's villain to three right whenever mm-hmm. Korra reintroduces spirits into the human world mm-hmm. that gave a bunch of people airbending powers and that led directly to Zaheer did we ever did we ever get confirmation on why that happened I, I don't remember no they so. don't I don't I, they don't really touch on that they just say it, which that is also kind of weird isn't it? Because I feel like if you had a bunch of non-vendors and then the spirit world is open and then that that moment, you know, bridging of the spirit worlds, right? The harmonic right. convergence. Right. When that happens and then it uh, creates, it gives a bending to a bunch of people, but only airbending? Yeah, that seems like it would give all it, bending. That does, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense because spiritually speaking, it, it should give everyone just a variety of bending right right so that that i feel like was possibly an oversight by them um which it very well could have i mean yeah again like you said they weren't transitioning sorry transitioning well they were transitioning from season two onwards it was there was no transition plan for season one because season one was supposed to be the only right 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 but yeah so but yeah regardless you know season two to three zaheer gets the airbending directly because of the actions of season two and in season four, Kavira wants to reunite the Earth Kingdom directly because of the ramifications of what happened in season three, which is when Sahir killed the Earth Queen, tossing the entire Earth Kingdom into chaos. So it's almost like the, the it's like a the extreme feeds off the extreme. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That might sound very like just rudimentary to say, but it's like. The more extreme that person becomes, it starts to affect other people. You know what I mean? No, I agree. So, like, they're like, oh, he got this done because he was extreme. Well, that doesn't mean that you have to be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he can do it on a personal level, right? Right. Extreme measures can be taken on a personal level when they're not affecting other people because it's your choice being done for your own life, your own body, blah, blah, blah. Like, if he was seeking enlightenment and to just let go of all of earthly tethers, he could have easily done that on his own and not yes. brought anybody into the process. And yep. again, like you said, and you are amazingly correct on the fact that <laughs> not everybody in this world is ready for that great leap across the abyss. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're, they're not, not ready to go into the void per se. They're, they're still, they're, we're still fighting those earthly tethers again. Yes. Yep. Now, if you have, you happen to find somebody that's able to, cause it would have to be one of those things where it's one at a time. Where eventually it's bred into us. It had to be an evolutionary standpoint. But again, like you said, it, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Unless unless it was a control, somebody controlled the process, which he tried to do in a very wrong way. Right. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, it's just, you need, if you want to make that journey, you make that journey yourself. You, It's right. not okay for you to just, like, kidnap the entire, all of humanity 
hitch them onto your wagon and then just be like, we're taking this journey together. It's like, they're, they're <laughs> we're not, going. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's not right. You know, it's bad. Like I already don't agree with it on a certain level when parents do that with their kids. Like, you mm-hmm. know, again, mm-hmm. on a certain level. Right. Right. If you, if let's just say you're a parent and you're like, you know what? I don't like our lifestyle. We have too much screen time. We eat junk food, you know, like and now you, people can argue, well, that's your opinion. But, you know, that's generally a good direction. But, like, if you're going so far as, like, you know, oh, I don't like living in uh, freaking Brazil. I want to uproot my entire family without consulting them, without worrying about what they're going through, you know, tear their relationship with their friends, their family, Mm -hmm. and then just move them to Chile. Like, that's not – I don't like that. I don't like that, right? I mean, because then again, you're – like you were just saying, it, it, not everybody's, not everybody can handle, yeah, a complete one eighty. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. And now, of course, don't don't get me wrong. I know somebody's gonna like completely misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying like you know, if I'm here, I'm moving from Brazil to Chile for a better life for my family. I, obviously, every condition is different. I'm not saying I'm an immigrant, so let me just throw that out there. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying in general, you know. But there is so, but you do have some validity in what you're saying, right? yeah. Because you are an immigrant, so you are able to at least speak exactly. partially. I can, on yeah, what. I can give a little bit more. And I no, wouldn't say that. I wouldn't be like, yeah, don't get me wrong. That would not sound right. Me personally, well, it would still. I think it still holds up, right? I don't like this whole thing. Like, unless you've experienced it, you can't talk. You should still be allowed to talk. You just may not have as much direct experience on it. Right. 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 But, Again, yeah. but that's, I mean, I think that comes with a little bit of wisdom is if you want to talk about it, fine, show what you know. And if you're proven wrong, you're wrong. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah. But, you know, again, continue. So um, since we're only halfway into the season, I, I want to ask same question. What do you think of this season? Ask season com- three, best season. Season three, best season. season and three. how do you, um, what, so about, what about against season one? I like season, season, season one. I like season one. I really like season one, but I, I really agree. do think that season one would be over season four, um, in some aspects of the name. I agree. Um, so I don't know. Season four just seemed like I don't know. I, I have this hard time thinking that you're the avatar, and you kind of are lost as somebody that's supposed to be somebody that can find. And it, it just it's it's hard for me to come to grasp with that she's so lost. But again, she is a teenager, just like Aang was a child, so I have to see it from that viewpoint. But it just seems like it just seems like she would be at season four, she would be more powerful than she really is. So she seems to get her butt kicked quite a bit. Right. So this is actually one of the reasons a lot of people didn't like Korra, because again uh, two reasons. One Roast into glasses for the uh, last airbender. You know, you're, as a kid, you watch that. So mm-hmm. when you're watching Legend of Korra, some of the things need to be tweaked, right? Because it's for an older audience, mm-hmm. and this is not something that you're used to. And Korra is 100%, no questions asked, darker tone than last airbender. Like yes. yes. Um, but Legend of Korra, so I had told you, if you remember, before we even started watching the show, be very mindful of mental health and like just mentality mm-hmm. uh, in general 
um, in, in the show going forward because that is the grand theme behind Legend of Korra. It's that she's actually a very scared person. Like, yeah, even somebody like the Avatar can have these issues. Yes. And, I, and I, she's human. And that's one of the things I really loved about this show in particular because she has to step into the shoes quite literally because she's a reincarnation. She has to step into the shoes of one of the greatest, most famous avatars of all time in Aang, who right. ended the Hundred Year War and built Republic City and revolutionized the entire world, right? Right. Like, has ushered in a new era of peace, prosperity, and progress, all that stuff. And it's like living up to your parents' expectations. Well, in a smaller scale, hers is obviously a larger scale, yes. but it would be also like it'd be like you being reincarnated as the Buddha, right? Exactly. And you're like, uh oh, like, like now imagine now a lot of people can understand, can relate to not being able to live up to your parents' expectations, right? Right now, multiply that by like a million because of all the people that are out there, and also it's yourself, right? It's expectations that people have placed on you from your past lives. So it's like, it's one of those things like it's doable. Right. It'd be like, it'd be like if you believed in reincarnation and then like people only thought of you through your reincarnated self as your oldest self. And you're the worst. Now you're the best, but you know what I mean? And and, and it is kind of crazy because Aang ended the hundred year war when he was like, what, 13? Right. Right. He was 12 when he was in the iceberg. So she's already way past that age. So she's like, in her mind, she's battling against time. And right. Amon takes her bending away, right? right? And then she allows Unalak to bond with Rafa, and then she loses her ac- or Vatu, sorry, and she loses access to all the past lives. And That's going to be detrimental, exactly. And then here topples the Earth Kingdom, right? So it's like. She can't even hold on to the peace that Aang started, but that's not on her, right? The, right. The peace will always crumble. and we The just, sins of my father, right? That kind of, yeah, not per se sin, sins. Sins, you know right, yeah, mean. like the actions, I guess. The yeah. actions of my father won't predict the actions of myself. Right, and so, and, you know, peace will always crumble away, and we hope, we hope that it will build itself back up once the war has kind of, run its run its right. steam. and it's it's funny that Tenzin the air nomad doesn't come to the realization I mean he probably does obviously we don't know the whole story between Tenzin mm-hmm. he would think that his advice would be that Korra everything is cyclical you're going to go through the hard the good the bad yeah you know preaching that realization to Korra probably would have helped her in the long run but it doesn't seem like she got that from Tenzin but again maybe Tenzin's not enlightened to me Jinora seems more enlightened than Tenzin does and that, that kind of set me off a little bit, but again, we can't again we can't hold the standard the same because right. it's again two different individuals. Yeah, and I don't know if I wouldn't. I would actually push back on the notion that she's more enlightened. I think she's more spiritually connected for whatever reason, um, but I don't think that she's more. That's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. I'm sorry. I, I think that would probably be a better way of phrasing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think. Tenzin has really taken a step back in terms of actual character because I mean his screen time was cut like drastically in this season. Right. Um, Absolutely. I, I didn't realize until you said something, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's not in there at all. Um, and yeah, I know you get annoyed by this every time I bring it up, but not Naga still has had no significance to Korra whatsoever. Uh, when she went her her little depression PTSD retreat. Yeah, but you would think you would think you, you would think that she'd Naga. take her. 
right yeah. that's and th- this is this is I-, I was waiting for this moment so i can discuss it with less jokes and more like serious discussion because like you said you know nanga is her spirit guide she is literally the same level as op supposed to be the supposed same be, level yeah, as so appa and and fang you know uh avatar roku's uh spirit guide oh yeah i forgot about that and you know he so she is she is like her you know like okay so put it to you this way Almost a lot like of people alienating herself exactly a lot of people right. get depression and they will still not they will still at least maintain connection with their dogs right and naga right. is just a big labrador retriever yeah, dude. Um, I love it. <laughs> like, so I love Naga in the sense, like, you know, it's just a big, big, big fluffy, fluffy dog. Yeah, it's yes, just a yes, big yes, dog. Yes. Um, but I don't like what the writers did with her. Character may not be the best word, but I just don't like what they did with her because it feels very frustrating that w- what was supposed to be a big tenant of the Avatar life, which Lifestyle. includes. A, a spirit guide just seems to have been just completely brushed off and i find that very frustrating yeah and i don't i, I mean again obviously i want to see naga more on screen because i like dogs and that's just a biasy of mine right but it just seems like she alienated herself from like you said her spirit guide per se her her animal companion and i feel like that would have given her a lot of relief uh-huh. to know that she had something of home with her Exactly, exactly. Now, of course, people can argue on uh, that, and this is me playing devil's advocate, um, that I think they, they, a lot of people could argue, well, you know, she's depressed, and when people are depressed, they act not logically, and, you know, she had severe depression and PTSD, so, you know, that's why she kind of didn't connect. I'm like, I get all that, but you would think at least Tenzin would send Naga with her, or... Korra's father would send Naga with her, something like that, something along those lines. Yep, yep. So yep. that part, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it, it was annoying. Um, one thing I did want to bring up uh, at the end of the last season, remember where they kind of like show you Kavira, Kavira saved Korra's dad. Remember, mm-hmm. it felt. Now that I can talk about it. You, because remember, I don't. What did you think again? Who Kavira was at the end of the last season? Because you're like they kind of were not very subtle about her importance. What do you mean? Who did I think she was? Like her personality, or no? Like what character would she be exactly? Because if you remember, they they made it very clear that Kavira is going to be important moving forward. Right at the end, that showed her as more like a. Um, a and at the end of the last season, yes. where she saves um, Korra's dad. Yeah. Right. But th- that's just my point. She's like, I don't know. It felt kind of... Uh, well, first of all, I don't think it was meant to be subtle. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of weird. I, I think they could have... I think they should have made it subtle. I guess that's my point. They should have made it subtle. They could have just said, my name's Kavir. And not like panned into her face, zoomed and whatnot. Uh, I think that was kind of just dumb. Um, yeah, but, I but mean, I would have rather had, I would have rather had them. I mean, to ultimately, I would have rather have had them give a little bit more backstory. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it, her, 
I like her villain. Like, I like her as a character and whatnot. But it feels a little disjointed. Because they do show some flashbacks whenever Kavira is leaving Zaofu with a lot of the top metal benders from Zaofu. Um, and she's like, you know, I'm going to go re- reunite the Earth Kingdom and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. It just feels weird. Like, she's a loyal servant, subject of Suyin, and yeah. then just kind of turns around and be like, you know what, you're weak, peace out. Die, pretty much. Like, I'm not saying that that's unbelievable. I'm just saying that we just don't have enough details to go off of to, like, just fill in the middle part there. Right. You know, give me, a, like... Well, she. I need more. I need more backstory of her too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I guess yeah. it's just backstory. It's like, how does she go from Suyin's protege to like hating her guts? Right, and that that to me seems. It just seems like it was kind of forced in instead of an easy entry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do th- uh, like what Tenzin has done with the Air Nomads, where he's kind of turned them into a global Help. Peace Corps, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, it allows them to see the world and be just known as, like, these peacekeepers. Not even peacekeepers, but just helpers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was really cool. I loved Kuvira's method of just going, like, city by city, taking the city. And the thing is, is that, like, I understand her firm hand. Yeah. When it comes to times of, I would I don't know if I'd call it a having hard times. It's really just kind of an, an interruption, per se. It's not. It's not. They're not going divulging into chaos because the Fire Kingdom, the Water Kingdom is fine now. The Fire Kingdom is fine, and the Air Nomads. Obviously, they seem like they're they're on the up and up. It's the, it's the one Earth Kingdom. So it's an interruption. It's not so much an actual like divulsion into chaos it's an interruption so like her firm hand like you said was a little more extreme if she would have dialed it back a little bit Mm -hmm. i I could have probably been on her side i kind of tend to agree and it it is it's like one of those tough situations right like do you just allow the earth kingdom to continue in and in a state of chaos you know Mm -hmm. bandits roaming the you know in between villages just stealing whatnot nonstop and uh, because a lot of these villages because when that kingdom gets set up and, and you can actually see this today too by the way there are certain cities that are set up in a way where um they rely on trade from other cities right, right. like they're bringing water energy food all that stuff Alaska a lot of Alaska is like that right it, right. As it exists today, I don't think it would exist. It would be as big or as flourishing if it wasn't for the access to resources from other places. So the villages, as the Avatar verse is growing bigger, a lot of these cities and villages are no longer able to be self-sufficient, at least not long term. Right, and especially right. not when bandits are coming in and taking their stuff. Right. So it makes sense for her to develop to reestablish. You know rails and all that stuff so what she's doing is going to be useful moving forward the problem is that she's you know the the old mantra power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely right right and we saw that within one lifetime where 
and not even like it's been what three years so she's been working for three years i think since the end of season three into season four to try and establish this unified kingdom uh but it's and i really don't not i i pers- so i'm going to use this word and for those of you listening no i do not use this word lightly it's essentially fascism Right. Yes. Yes. It's very, it's very authoritarian, and I know the word like that is very overused in my opinion these days. Like everything that I disagree is fa- is fascist. Mm-hmm. No, but hers, it really is. She's extremely authoritarian, and she has essentially said all this resources. You know, if you want my protection, you know, you have to sign this treaty, and then your resources will be distributed along with the rest of the resources within right. the kingdom. Right. Um, which on paper, that makes kind of sense, right? If I'm going to be a part of a kingdom or a nation or whatever, then your resources will be put up into the market, but that should be handled decentralized in my opinion, not yes. from yes. one person. Yes. Yes. It should be. There's, I mean, ultimately the best case scenario in my eyes, is that it'd be a council of people. Uh, even a council, that council Still is better than one person. <laughs> but but the issue that I think, I think ideally what she, what she could have done, in my opinion, was if she had just established a strong police force, not even a military, a strong police force where, you know, we'll establish this rail network connecting all the major cities and villages in the earth kingdom and then now all of you pay taxes to maintain this military slash police force mm-hmm. and that's it now you guys go about your business and you stat from he- from there if the people want to esta- reestablish a kingdom a democracy whatever it is or if the villages just want to be independent but you know we just pay taxes to you kavira you protect us and then now with that protection we can go on and now sell our resources in the open market, buy from the open market. Both. Right, right. That, that would have that been right. more des- desirable than her just being like, you sign this contract or you die. Or you um, die. Yeah, and that, and, and that right there in itself is the, the whole problem. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't. And, you know, the, the, the cynic in me wants to question that, are these people, are these bandits actually bandits? Or are they just her soldiers dressed up as bandits that justifies her existence and justifies um, a lot of these villages signing these treaties? And you know that can 100% be true. Yeah, we've seen historically speaking in real life yes. that that's happened before. Um, like, it's can possibly you, can you even think happening. Of a time? Um, specifically, uh, I've known, I, see, I've read that it's happened. I've read that scenario has happened but i can't remember so i know with like um when the gang started rising up in al capone's time and whatnot even Mm -hmm. before that whenever the gangs would come up usually in cities with a lot of immigrants in it again Mm -hmm. it's not me seeing the immigrants are doing this i think it's more so people taking advantage of immigrants that don't have existing land and credit in a country Mm -hmm. they will basically threaten them saying like you know you pay us for protection i kill you or, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to you. Well, what's going to happen to them is their own thugs are going to come in and deal some damage. Now, as far as a quote-unquote government doing that, I mean, what, what, like, she's not even an authorized government, really, 
right? right. All she is is she is it's just she essentially is a gang. She's just more well funded, right? She took the funding of like the richest people in South Food. So she's just a gang that's just really well funded. Um but I know that's happened in America. I think that's happened in parts of China. I'm sure it's happened in Europe, like especially in the medieval yeah. days, where they, you know, false flag attacks. That, that's essentially what that is, right? It's a false flag attack. False flag attack. Yeah. Um, you you say the bandits attacked you. Now the army comes in, and now they've justified their existence. Lethal force, pretty yeah. much. And it's that's, like, I mean, that's how, I mean. Today's political world, I mean, to be honest with you, that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. The, they create uh, the problem so they can try to fix it. Yeah, the so they can, yeah. Problem, solution. Um, right. And it's funny that, like, you go through normal day life, and they're just like, oh, did you see that? Blah, 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 internet, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, do you understand why they did that? And they're like, well, just because they're bad people. It's like, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's because whole... we're the good, they're the bad. Our religion is the one that's good, and their religion is the heretics. You know, their right. soldiers are the savages. Our soldiers are the heroes. Like, right. there was an old meme about that on Facebook. I remember where it was just like two identical-looking factions, just one red, one blue, and then they had that whole thing labeled. It was kind of funny. Yeah, and that, uh, and that, and and the bad thing is, is that I mean, people do that to themselves in real life. Like they create a problem that they then now have to fix. And it's just, yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why create the problem when there was no problem in the first place? That's, yes. uh, but I mean that, that that's, that's how you gain power, right? Is like, if you can, Absolutely. because of fear, the fear of instability, because I, this is what I love about the avatar versus because it can create conversations like this. The fear of instability is, is is massive that that alone people will give up their freedoms people will right. give up their resources their wealth they'll give up everything for that fear of instability right and ultimately there's nothing that's actually unstable it's just on your head yeah exactly because um, it, it's funny like we can do way more than we think we can do most mm-hmm. of the time in most situations but again there are some situations that you can't control you're an average citizen the government comes in and takes your whole city you can't fight an army by yourself Right. right, right. But there are things that can be done, and there are things that you can do to to minimize that suffering within oneself. Right. Um, but that that takes effort and right, right, insight effort. and knowledge, which most people don't have. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think it's because again, fear. The fear yes. blocks them, you know. And so it's not. Don't take any. Don't take us the wrong way, guys. For any of you listening, it's. Not us blaming the people. It's I think people need to kind of come to terms with I don't know this and have that curiosity and the drive to to ask questions and figure things out and whatnot because mm-hmm. then you can start really progressing in your life. And it's painful. Right. Progress, oh, exactly. change is painful. It's un- I wouldn't even say painful is the right word. I would say more so uncomfortable because it can be painful. But more so than anything else, it's extremely uncomfortable. Right. And here's here's what I've noticed on my path in life is that, you know, once you start to accept change, you start to accept a lot of these things that are painful and you know they're going to be painful, but you're able to deal with them in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. You end up coming out to the other side. Obviously, you jump to the dark. You come out the other side. There's the light. You know, but it's just crazy that, you know, we get stuck on these moments where it's bad and then we don't realize that all the good that came from that bad moment. 
Yeah. No, uh, it's. Although... I, I could be wrong, Miles. Again, I've been wrong so many times in my life. I could be <laughs> so darn wrong. But I hope to be right. Yeah. that and But that's where you got to take the the risk, right? Like, right. like these, like these citizens, um, who Kavira wants to unite, right? It's a risk not to take her, take her up on her offer. It, it's fearful because it might not come back up again. Yeah. Because you don't know what's available at that point. Uh, she may not give you a great deal next time. Um, yeah. The next time I just be a bunch of beheadings. Yeah. 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 Next time she comes with the army. But we, we've definitely seen that in history. Yes. That's for sure. Um, but, Another thing, going back more into the show, and I yeah, think this sorry, is probably the, the last thing. No, no, the, craziness. This is why we had the podcast, right? Um, right? Is the characters still not seeming to really follow through, right? Like Tenzin had great moments in season three and two and one, but then like Team Avatar, because again, it's bec- it, a lot of this has to do with her hiatus, Korra's mm-hmm, hiatus mm-hmm. from the rest of the world. But it's just, it's just frustrating. Like, I agree. We, like Mako and Bolin and Asami, I just don't care for them. You want to know what? I really don't either. I mean, yeah. sure, their characters hold their place. It's like a, they're like placeholders. They're NPCs to yeah. the main character. I mean, obviously they are NPCs if we want to really talk about it. But they're just—they're not—they don't do much. I yeah, feel like I'm. Really I feel don't. like I'm. Yeah. I mean, really don't. not get me wrong. Mako getting lava bending, which. Freaking awesome! Bolin, I, but yes, uh, or Bolin, sorry, yeah. Mako already had lightning, which was like when he first when he first did that. I'm like, wait. So yeah. he's had this the entire time, and he didn't use it till now. This well, is, this is obnoxious. Not, to be fair, he did use it in season I'm, one to power okay. up some generators. Okay, okay, okay. But you you know what I freaking mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It's just like, it, it's it like really dude, does, what the heck? Which leads me to another thing: if they got power from the lightning, which is cool. They could also, if they got a bunch of airbenders, you just that could be a job too, right? You just sit there pushing air into a windmill, power. I mean, perfect. I mean, but again, we see it that way. But then, like that dude would just be standing there, pretty much doing nothing most of the day, besides throwing wind at a generator. That could be boring. But then again, you are doing something for the betterment of pay is pay society. Money is right. money. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Yeah, I, that, I feel that. I feel yeah. that now in life. Like. But yeah, uh, I think I'm about good from that episode. Unless you had anything else you wanted to bring up, um, yeah, just a little bit of Toph. I know I'm. Oh I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted yeah, to talk Toph. a little bit about Toph. Just, just in general, she, they say that she went to go search enlightenment and all that good stuff, right? Which is, mm. which is, you know what? Hell yeah, go search yeah. for enlightenment. Go do your thing. My problem a little bit with her enlightenment is her enlightenment seems like she got enlightened in a very angry way. Yeah. It's one of those situations. And I think I kind of like it because it shows that you can achieve enlightenment. You can be, but it also doesn't necessarily change who you are because she is more patient, but she's just the same grouchy person. Right. And it, and I think, I think when the world, and this is, this is, this is me being me and what I'm interested in. So I can give a little background, but, I think people misunderstand enlightenment as this spiritual experience where you just all of a sudden come to terms with like everything and everything's clear to you when in all reality, nothing, I mean, enlightenment is just the beginning. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. people need to see it as more as a, more as a process of enfolding oneself 
and figuring out what's wrong with oneself and one's own eyes. And that, I think, it would really help people look at enlightenment a little bit differently than just being like, oh, the smartest and most calm, patient person. It's like, no, I'm, people are enlightened and they can still be a little impatient. They can still have feelings. Like, they're still human. Yeah. That, I think, that, I think is why I enjoyed Toph's character as she was. Yeah. That's what I was getting to. No, no. I feel you on that. Um, I'm just glad that we got somebody, but I know what you mean, though. Because, uh, like I have mentioned in the past, I think there wasn't quite enough uh, fan service. Right. Which is not, not a complaint that most people make about most remakes and sequels, series, and whatnot. But um, I think that about covered from us for that episode. Thank you sure. all for... Uh, we will be finishing off next episode the rest of Legend of Korra. And then we'll have to find something else. Uh, which, yes, we will talk offline about that. Yes, sir. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. See you.